This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. are a lot to celebrate uh, victories too I would suggest yeah I right. played that for a while but the song is back I think it's topping the charts right now well there's a uh, renewed enthusiasm enthusiasm that has also redounded uh, to narrowing the, uh, the the gap between Republicans and Democrats at every level I say again, not only seeing at the federal level, and we'll talk to Sean Duffy from Wisconsin about that in the 8 o'clock hour, but also just even in Illinois. If it's happening in Illinois, you can, but it's happening in most of the rest of the country. State and local races narrowed significantly in the last 30 days and particularly the last two weeks because of Democrats exposing themselves as to the unhinged socialists they are, both on the Senate Judiciary Committee and with respect to their rank and file as people see them accosting senators at elevators uh, from the Senate gallery outside the Supreme Court when Ted and his wife, Ted Cruz and his wife tried to have a meal. And people are just not down with that. In addition to also uh, seeing Brett Kavanaugh treated unfairly, seeing Democrats' willingness to dismiss a presumption that is foundational in a free society, the presumption of innocence. They're just not down with that. And it's uh, helping Republicans at this point, in addition to in- energizing the base because the base sees Republicans, starting with the president, actually fighting for something in the face of the mob for a change. And often we see Democrats or Republicans cower in face of that mob. So it's been sort of a watershed moment for the Republican Party, it seems. And so uh, how can we best capitalize on this? And what does the future hold with the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh? For more on this topic, we're pleased to be joined by Grover Norquist, President of the Americans for of Americans for Tax Reform, of course. Grover, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the Democrats have been cheering on mob rule. I mean, none of those senators told the crowd to knock it off when people were swearing in front of Brett Kavanaugh's wife and kids and screaming and, and uh, trying to disrupt his ability to present. None of the Democrats said, no, 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 let's, let's do this in an open and democratic, no, no, they let the mob, they encouraged the mob. Some Senate offices allowed uh, the, the brown shirts that were running through the Senate to, to work out of their offices. Uh, so the D's have not just stood by. They have encouraged this because they've given up on winning the American people over to their positions. They now want to intimidate people uh, to try and get their way. What the Republicans have done, while well, Democrats have been out you know, doing that, Republicans have put forward a second tax plan, uh, making it easier for Americans to save for the future, for health care, for retirement, uh, and in addition, make it easier to start a small business, you know, from scratch if you're trying to get going, uh, and to make permanent all the tax cuts that were made 10 years long in the first tax plan. Well, well so g- g- give, us, out- give us some of the particulars there, particularly because we saw this uh, study out from the Kaiser Foundation last week about how health care premiums have skyrocketed in the last uh, decade, of course, uh, post-Obamacare. And obviously, even with some noticeable wage growth now, those spiraling health care premiums, health insurance premiums, eat into that additional disposable income. Well, you're quite right. Uh, Obama 
and the Democrats said that if you pass their government-run health care approach, they would bring down your premiums. I think $2,400 was one of the per year was one of the promises. And of course, they went up uh, by about that amount because socialism doesn't work because the post office is not an improvement on how to organize things with a government monopoly. And uh, we are we are living still with some of the damage. I mean, there were three people who didn't let us get rid of all the Obamacare taxes, the Obamacare mandates, and all the rules that made you know, health care much more expensive. Uh, one of those was McCain, and the other two were Susan Collins and uh, Murkowski. So uh, it's particularly important that we have enough Republican senators elected that if somebody um, like Flake, who got screamed at and then sort of changed his mind temporarily, if there's some senators who, and I understand that, you know, how do you put up with that kind of threat to yourself, to your kids, to your family? Some of them, you're going to lose some of them whenever the the brown shirts come out and start now-nowing people. So let's get enough Republicans that that can't ever cost America the opportunity to move forward. But specifically, it makes it easier to get all of, you know, lots of different savings programs for education, for, for health care, for retirement. It expands them. It allows you to put more into these, and it makes it easier to move money around. If you saved a bunch of money for retirement, but you want to you know, go back to school or you want to uh, start a new business, you should be able to make those decisions yourself. Gives you more flexibility with your savings and your and your family savings. Uh, so, having led, you know, outlined what that looks like and where they want to go with it, the Republicans have actually gotten the the budget for the Pentagon and HHS, Health and Human Services, about 80% of the federal government. The budgets have all been passed. That hasn't happened in 20 years. So with all this talk about how democracy is not working, the federal government, the House and the Senate, with all this non-partisan you know, wrangling, has actually been getting more done in terms of just Congress's business. What's the budget for the Pentagon? What's the budget for the Department of Energy? And so on. And getting that voted through on a bipartisan basis, have some Democrats in the Senate to, to pass these things, and from the establishment press crickets, crickets. You remember, it was always the Republicans' fault. When they had the presidency, it was their fault when the budget didn't get done and Democrats had Congress. When Republicans had the Congress and Democrats had the presidency, it was the Republicans' fault that the budget didn't get done. Well, now that we have you know, more Republican control in the House and Senate as well as President, the budgets are getting done. Uh, and the press finds that completely boring. It would rather you know, show you pictures of people on TV screaming at uh, uh, Kavanaugh's children. Well, do you think that there'll be a second round of tax cuts for working Americans? Uh, what happened, I, I, I should have been clear, there will not only be a second round of tax reform and tax cuts, but what President Trump and the Republican leadership in the House and Senate have said is every single year that there is a Republican president in both houses, there will be more tax reform and more tax reduction every year. The reason they wanted to put this out now is that this is what they intend to pass next year. But they've also said, look, there are many things in the tax code that still are problematic, that need to be fixed. The taxes are still too high, period. And we're going to be coming back every year, not wait until the problem, until we have 27 problems and try and do them all at once. That was a big deal. We did that in 2017. But in 2018, there was a $30 billion tax cut uh, very early in the year. So there's, there's going to be a tax cut every single year the Republicans are in charge, and further tax reform every single year they're in charge. 
That's the point of 2.0. 2.0 is a small tax cut, right? But it's a tax cut. It's good reform. And this is what we'll get every single year if Republicans stay in office. And we now have to also do more government reform. We've done a lot of it by undoing. I, I love the fact that when Obama did executive orders, that was considered cute. He can ignore Congress. Aha. You know, I have a pen. I have a phone. And when Trump undoes an executive order with an executive order, oh, oh, that's tyranny. <laughs> yeah, right. Of course. <laughs> that's yeah. one man. Acting the shifting alone. standard, so, right? Well, let, let me. Yeah. I want to. I want to ask you about Kavanaugh's confirmation in the context of economic liberty. Um, you know, yes. ba- back when the confirmation hearings were somewhat sane, there was discussions of some of his important opinions as it pertained to the regulatory state and other issues that directly impact. Uh, the size and and power of government versus the individual, particularly in economic pursuits. And so how important is his confirmation when it comes to defanging the regulatory state, say, undoing the Chevron doctrine, for example, which defers to federal agencies with respect to rulemaking and other matters under the umbrella of economic liberty? Huge, huge, huge. And it is interesting to me that the Democrats do not get up and defend 50 years of creeping government driven by a, a Supreme Court, that instead of standing up and saying that violates the, the Constitution, you can't do that in the bureaucracy. If you wanted to do something like that, you've got to get a vote in Congress uh, because that's what the Constitution says. They have not defended the fact that many of the left's victories over the last 50, 60 years have been cheating with the Supreme Court going, we see nothing. We don't see anything here. We don't go ahead, do, do it if you want. Uh, and not asking the questions about whether something's constitutional. Uh, that has begun to end. Remember the Janice case, where they said, you know what? You can't set up a government-supported and mandated uh, union, force everybody into it, and make them pay either complete dues or most, you know, 90% of dues or something, because people have freedom of association. They have freedom of speech. You can't take people's money by force as a condition of employment and then give it to the Democratic Party. The bulk of the Democratic Party's fundraising comes from stolen money from labor union members who didn't ask to give it to them. If they wanted to write checks to the Democrats, they could, free country. You can write checks to the Democrats. But the union takes their money and dues, telling them it's for union stuff, spends most of it on politics, more than on negotiating uh, contracts and so on. And, the, and the, what did the court say? The court said, we're not going to do, you can't do that anymore. But there are a series of other obvious steps. For instance, why should I have to join a union at all? Why, how about if I'm not in the union right now, if I don't join the union, they, the contract I live under is written by the union. Why is that? What am I, potted plant? How, how did I seed my well, right. to negotiate with an employer to some union that I don't want to be part of? When that goes away, when everybody can decide, and then I'll make my own deal. I'll cut my own deal. I don't want the same deal as everybody else. I have different needs. I'm handicapped. I'm older. I'm younger. I want more money, less benefits. I want more benefits, less money. I want to work Saturdays. I never want to work Saturdays. Whatever it is that's important to you, you organize that. Not some union which thinks everybody has to have the exact same lifestyle and you know, show up on the same days at the same time. This is nonsense. And that level of freedom is going to flow from a court that is not consciously protecting the Democratic Party's ability to raise money by force. And that's – we had four – Democrat-appointed Supreme Court judges say, it's fine to make people join a union and take their money and tell them you don't care what they think. They have no right. 
and their arguments were all but the unions and the Democrats wouldn't have any power if you didn't let them steal this money. That was their reason for allowing a blatantly unconstitutional thing to continue. Those rationales don't continue in the future. Uh, and the modern Democratic Party is going to have to go out and raise money by earning it. They've shifted somewhat from unions to billionaires now. It's now the billionaire party, Bloomberg and Steyer and so on, putting in $100 million chips. So there is one party funded by billionaires. It's called the Democratic Party. Uh, so they're shifting from from unions, but they're still largely, mostly union money and structures. Yeah, the Janus decision was a game changer and hopefully more to come Huge. in the direction of economic liberty. He is Grover Norquist, president of Americans for Tax Reform. Grover, thanks as always for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. The more you listen, the more you listen, the more you'll know. This is Chicago's morning answer. Morning answer on AM560. The answer.